In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The text is the Gospel reading, which you've already heard. You may be seated. Last week, I talked a little bit about the reason that Jesus tells parables. Because you've probably slept a little bit since then, let's kind of review just a smidge. Some of that that I talked about last week actually did come from this week's gospel reading anyway, so I think I'm justified in doing this. Uh, he says that the parables hide the secrets of the kingdom of heaven so that, and he quotes the prophet here, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. That is, the kingdom of heaven is hidden, but it is hidden in plain sight. But here's the funny thing. The Lord Jesus also tells people exactly where that hiding place is so that they can actually access the kingdom of heaven. Let's back up just a little bit. As our text actually opens up at Luke 8, 4, a great crowd has gathered to hear Jesus. Modern marketing experts would say that this is Jesus' big chance to really convert these people to his causes, to convince them of who he really is. But instead, Jesus tells them a parable. He hides the message of the kingdom, as I said, in plain sight. After he finishes that parable, he calls out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, or we may even translate this from the Greek as he who has ears to hear, let him keep on hearing, an ongoing activity. That is, keep listening to the word as it is preached. There are the clues right there, hiding in plain sight so that we can find the hiding place of the gospel message. Here's the beautiful thing. Some of them actually get the hint and take him up on what he says. That means that if we listen carefully to the words that Jesus speaks, then we can also figure out where the kingdom of God is located. So Luke continues, And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. Have you figured it out yet? Where is the gospel hidden? Well, if not, the parable and its explanation will certainly help us. Jesus presents us with this seed, which he says is the word of God. And that, dear saints, is another hint for us. The word encounters four different kinds of soil, a hard-packed path that one would walk on, rocky soil, and a soil that's overgrown with weeds, and last but not least, good soil, soil that actually takes the seed and produces fruit. The first soil, the hard-packed path, does not allow this seed to get in. Jesus says this is emblematic of those who might hear the word of God, but they just don't pay attention to it. This is why most of the world has simply begun to reject the basic assertions that Christianity makes about the world. 
So many outside of the Christian church simply no longer have even a basic understanding of why Christians believe the things that they do because they don't really know anything about the Bible. But it's more diabolical than that because Jesus says the reason that the word doesn't remain to germinate is because Satan actually comes along and he scoops it up away from the hearts of those who would hear it so that it cannot take root and they cannot then turn and believe. Next up is the soil that is full of rocks. The seed here begins to grow quickly because the roots aren't able to go down that far and, and produce a good system for support. And so, because the roots aren't there to support the plant, it withers quickly under the heat of suffering. What this depicts for us is a serious danger for Christians today. According to a 2021 estimate by the Barna Group, a full half, can you say a full half? I'm going to say a full half. A full half of all Christians in the United States do not read their Bible more than twice a year. That means that there are some that don't read it at all during the course of the year. These are the Christians that we're talking about here. That statistic alone should be shocking enough to drive us to our knees in repentance. God's word is the thing that actually makes us disciples of Jesus. Jesus himself says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. That means that if you don't abide in the word of God, well... You aren't really Jesus' disciple, are you? This is not my judgment. This is what Jesus himself says in John chapter 8. I don't make the rules here. On top of that, St. Paul tells us that God has given his church prophets and apostles and pastors to teach the word so that we wouldn't be carried off by every wind of doctrine. That is, that anything that sounds sort of Christian-ish would not really draw us away from the truth of the scriptures. Because if we don't know the word, if we are drawn away from the truth of the scriptures, then we can't teach it to our children either. And to say that we have pastors and Lutheran school teachers and Sunday school teachers, which are all wonderful things for us, and, and use that as an excuse not to know the word of God ignores the fact that God has actually instituted the office of moms and dads so that they can educate their children in the Word of God. We don't simply get to delegate that task any more than you can delegate your prayer life to me. So, with this, have you figured out yet where the gospel of the kingdom is hidden? If not, we have more clues. The next kind of soil is that soil which the word encounters all kinds of weeds. It's choked out by thorns, which Jesus says is a picture of the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. People loved by God. I know that my warnings about the rocky soil maybe came across as a little bit harsh, but I believe that with my whole being,
that the thorny soil is a picture of where we actually are right now as a church in the world. Not just our congregation, but the church broadly speaking. There are places in the world today where owning a Bible and converting to Christianity or going to church or telling others about Jesus is a, a sentence that's punishable by death. There are places where it is dangerous to be a Christian in the world, and yet, how often do we let the first world problems that we have get in the way of gathering to hear God's word on Sundays? How often do we let being tired or athletics or whatever else it might be stop us from having our bottoms in the pews come Sunday morning? This should not be the case ever among us. Martin Luther prophetically warned the German people that if they did not make use of the gospel, that it would pass on from them to some other place. To prove his point, he pointed to two places that would have been well known in his day and actually are still well known in our day. He pointed them to Israel and he pointed them to Rome. By the time of the Reformation, Israel was no longer a central hub of Christianity. The gospel had been rejected by the Jewish people, the ones that Jesus first came to save. They had rejected it, and so the gospel had moved on into Europe. And then Luther's point about Rome also holds true. They were more devoted to the power of the pope and his bishops and the human traditions of the church than they were to the gospel of Jesus. And the gospel's bright light moved on from Rome into Central and Northern and Western Europe. But Luther warned the Germans that if they did not continue in the word of God, if they did not make use of the gospel, then it would also leave them behind. If you look at Europe now, it is by and large a post-Christian wasteland. I'm not saying that there is no Christianity in Europe but it is sparse. My point is that we should also be careful with letting other things distract us from the things of the faith, or it will be taken from us, and it will be given to another people. The gospel has already begun to explode in places like South America and Africa, even as its influence in the West begins to wane. So... With that dire picture, have you yet figured out where the gospel is hidden? Well, if not, we've got one more set of clues. The last soil that the word encounters is good soil. It bears fruit, which leads to eternal life. Jesus says, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. There it is. That is our answer, dear saints. The gospel, the message of salvation in Christ Jesus, is hidden in the word of God. Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The disciples are given the secret of the kingdom of heaven because they keep on asking him questions about what the parable meant. They kept on hearing the word from Jesus. Those who don't believe or fall away do so because they don't have the word. St. Paul says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Christ, 
Christ's word is what makes us his disciples, and it is that which sets us free from the bondage of our sin and the bondage of death. Christ's word is what tills the hard-packed path, and it removes all the rocks from the soil, and it cuts away all the thorns and thistles so that the word can be planted deep into our hearts, that it would take root and grow and bear fruit a hundredfold. People loved by God, this Sunday stands as a reminder that the grace of God, which was our emphasis last week, comes to us through the word of God alone. His word has the power to convert hearts to faith in him because his word is the power of God unto salvation. It accomplishes that which he has sent it to accomplish. Just as surely as the word of God turned on the lights in Genesis 1, so also does it forgive sinners to whom the gospel is spoken and read. So also does it convert hearts to those who hear it. Therefore, dear saints, we too must hold fast to the word of God. It will bear fruit in us. And that fruit leads to eternal life. If you are in the 50% of Christians that aren't reading your Bible, repent. If you are not reading your Bible, repent. I also am in the category of those who don't read the word enough. I also must repent. Open the scriptures. Wrestle with them. Come to Bible study, either here on Sundays or on Wednesdays. Make coming to midweek Lent services here in a few weeks a priority. Start a Bible reading plan. Ask for the Holy Spirit to enlighten your hearts and your minds by it. For through the word, you will come to know and experience the power and love of the forgiveness of our God. And by knowing God the Father and Jesus Christ whom he has sent, then you will have eternal life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.